The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 2nd, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 67. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we appreciate you guys taking some time with us to talk Cowboys football. Got a lot to get into today. We will be talking specifically about Kansas City Chiefs, their defense versus the Cowboys offense. Uh, we're going to take some time to talk a little bit about the running backs on the Cowboys. There was a little bit of talk yesterday. Dave, you wrote an article um, about what they had to say and what Jason Garrett had to say. And we'll talk about the running back position, what we think will happen there without Ezekiel Elliott. And we will also begin the show talking about uh, the injury report, which we always do. So how's everybody doing this morning? Baller AF, Derek. Baller wow. AF. I like it. Yeah. That's a good attitude right there. Yeah. All right. What does the A and F stand for? Can't talk about it on the air. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tell you later. Tell you later. I'm off just there. kidding. I'm good. Nick. Good. good. All good. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Nice and full, Nick. So you get a nice, healthy breakfast there before we I got was, on the air. I was working on it. There you go. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk some uh, injuries. Cowboys had four players who did not practice yesterday for various injuries: Cheetah Bay Awuzier, Dan Bailey, Tyron Smith. Cole Beasley, really the one there that I think is is most of note because it's new. Well, not really new, but at least it's something that we're monitoring for the week um, is Cole Beasley. Any word at this point on where he is? He is in the concussion protocol, but where he is in that in that protocol? Uh, yeah, Jason Garrett said he's doing really well. He's been in team meetings. He went trick-or-treating on Tuesday night and was posting videos. He appears to it be a okay. great video. It was. It was cute. Cute as hell. Um yeah, Garrett said he hasn't really been showing a whole lot of symptoms and such. Um, you know, head injuries are always weird, so I don't want to prescribe too much. I'm, I don't know if he'll play, but it sounds encouraging. So, And if, if he doesn't play in this game, then I would imagine he would be back in time for Atlanta. So, I mean, we, we've talked about it before, the guys that have concussions. I mean, maybe they, they treat it differently around here. We've had two uh, so far, and they haven't played any football since. So I would think that Nolan Carroll and Rico Gathers are not weighed the same as uh, Cole Beasley here. But in all concussions are differently. But I'm just saying the two that we've seen before, they have not played. So I, I would like to think he'll be ready to go. If he's out trick-or-treating, you know, get scary out there, I'm sure he'd be good. All right, let's talk about a couple guys that were limited in practice yesterday. Noah Brown, thigh injury. Des Bryant with a knee injury. Malik Collins, a foot injury. He showed up on the injury report last week but played. Um, and then DeMarcus Lawrence shows up with a calf injury. Any of those concern you? They were limited in practice, so the assumption is they at least did some things, uh, which is better than no practice well, at all, I would assume. Anytime you're riding bikes, you know, you're going to hurt your calf or you have a chance to hurt your calf. So, really? I mean, I, yeah, 100%. I mean, I know he was riding by. We all saw that he was riding bikes, so I just hope that that doesn't come back to hurt this team. He rides his he rides his bike every single day, though. Well, like, this is nothing new. Except for when you put it on camera, maybe or something like that. Maybe it hurts. What? Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> Why are you killing your boy right now? I'm not. I'm Kinda not. Are. I love Tyrone Crawford. He's great. <laughs> um. Um. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not concerned, but those will all be things Jason Garrett talks about. I, Dez is Dez is fine. I saw and talked to Dez yesterday. I don't think that's a big deal. But, yeah. you know, you have to list that stuff when something happens. So none of those four bother me as of yet. But, I mean, that'll be something Jason Garrett talks about today. I, if any of them concern me, it would be DeMarcus because I hadn't heard anything about that. And, you know, he's – He's playing pretty He's a really good player. Yeah. He's playing pretty well. So, All right, Tito Bale-Wouzier, uh, just for the purposes of catching everybody up, the assumption is he didn't practice again yesterday. He hasn't been practicing the last few weeks. At this point, we unless we hear otherwise, the assumption is that he is probably not going to be ready to play again this week. I have moved him into that category in my mind where I'm just like, all right, you don't have him. Whatever. Yeah, That's... he's into that drop by Kent where you're just like, okay. Until you hear – that otherwise he is not going to until not honestly I don't even care about his practice status like I need to see him in uniform on Sunday to believe that he's going to play you think even when he's healthy he may still be inactive I mean he's been out on the field every day for three weeks like people like every day I'm like I tweeted out I report who's at practice I'm like everybody was at practice today or whatever and people are like Cheeto was at practice so he's going to play, and I'm like, he's been at practice since week six. That hasn't translated to him being ready to play. So. And let's make a distinction. Being at practice doesn't mean he's practicing. Right. It means he's there. It means right. he you know, he, he warms up, he does some pat-and-go and some other stuff, and then he works with the conditioning, you know, the, the training staff on his hammy. He doesn't. He, we ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice. You're damn man. right, AI. You're right. And it's <laughs> frustrating, but, uh, I mean, you want to be cautious with that, you know, I mean, you don't want to sideline him for longer than he already has been, but he's been sidelined for basically half a season. So, mm. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to make of that. Maybe he's not good enough to play. I mean, maybe he practices, but maybe he's not the best option. I would have a hard time believing that because th- they wouldn't list him as a DNP if he was going through the team portions of practice. Right. Right, but I'm just saying when you get when you get to the games, though, like he has been he hasn't been active for the games. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe he's not going to be. Maybe not. I mean, maybe he's not better than like Ben Wickery. I mean, you would like to, you would like for him to get the opportunity, but I'm just saying he may not be. That You're talking good. about once he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Okay. I mean that that's something that we'll have to see because he hasn't played a whole lot, so you just don't know. You don't know right. what the coaches think of his readiness to be able to play either. So, all right, let's jump back uh, into the the running back situation. Um, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, as of right now, is suspended. Uh, there still is kind of that Hail Mary that's kind of sitting over there out in space. Uh, <laughs> the NFLPA uh, waiting for a ruling on whether they can get a uh, an appeal uh, heard by, or at least a, a temporary restraining order uh, from the Second Circuit Court. Which um, they asked for it by Friday. The court's under no obligation to right. do that, just FYI. Right. So there is this really, really, really small chance that something happens there. But assuming none of that happens, they're going to play without Ezekiel Elliott. And yesterday, I thought it was interesting because Jason Garrett, the running backs that are left on the team, all had something to say about it, and they all seemed to say the right thing. Let's actually listen to what Jason Garrett had to say about how they plan to uh, to work these running back in these running backs in. Kent, 
Excited about the opportunity for those guys. Uh, again, each of those guys have been very productive players. You know, Rod being the most inexperienced uh, of the group, but he's done a lot of positive things for us and the opportunities he's gotten. Uh, Darren's been very productive. Alfred's been productive with his opportunities, even though they've been limited. And uh, you know, we're excited about giving those guys chances to go play. And uh, you know, you're, you're, I guess your question is, how do you substitute them? Uh, we're going to give them each opportunities. We're not going to lay out what that plan is. Uh, they'll get opportunities to practice and. Uh, we'll work day by day this week, and uh, we think each of those guys will have an opportunity to help us. So it sounds like they're all going to get a chance. That was Jason Garrett talking about the running back position. My question for you guys is just based on what you know of this team, based upon your experiences covering this team and the coaches, what do you anticipate will happen with regards to how they run these guys out? Who starts? Who's the guy that you think will get the bulk of the carries? What are maybe some of the roles that you could see for some of these guys? Well, I think Alfred Morris will probably start. That's the way that that's who they like the best. And that's that's who they've liked this whole year. Uh so I think he will start. And then I think it'll just come down to who who's playing the best. I mean, if some guy rips off a thirty five yard run, then he's gonna play. So I think they're just gonna give I don't know about third down. I was I would say that they kinda rotate McFadden in some, but I bet you it's Rod Smith gets in there. But I mean whoever plays the best in the second half will you know, in the first half will play in the second, I think. I just ride the hot hand. That's kind of how most people do it. I bet this is going to look a lot like kind of what we thought it would look or what we talked about it looking like in training camp in the sense that Darren McFadden is your number two running back who plays third downs and has receptions and stuff like that. You know, you talk about him being the better option as a true backup running back, and I think that's what he'll be here. I think Alfred Morris is going to have the bulk of the carries, at least until somebody proves that they should have more. And then, yeah, McFadden will fill that role that we kind of talked about him having at training camp. And I don't like this, but I think – I don't want to – afterthought seems harsh, but I would imagine Rod Smith's workload is far smaller than the other two guys, at least to start. But I hope that he plays well enough to merit more of that as this stretch goes on. I mean, six games is a lot, so he'll have his opportunity to show what he can do at some point, and hopefully he makes the most of it. Amber, what do you think? I'd rather see Rod Smith. Like, I'm anxious to see him play a lot more and see him out on the field. Honestly, I know Darren is a veteran, and I'm sure he's going to get a lot of playing time here. But he hasn't played a game. We haven't seen him play. When we did see him in the preseason, he wasn't any great. So, I mean, he he had some plays, but nothing wow. Obviously, Alfred was a lot better than him. So I, I'm hoping that the Cowboys do give Rod Smith some chance to kind of go out there a little bit more and prove himself. It's interesting you guys mentioned Rod Smith. Uh, Jason Garrett was asked about Rod Smith and maybe what his opportunities might be. Can't, can you play that for us? Well, I think they're all different. Uh, they all have strengths. Uh, all, they are, each have different things they can bring to the table. And again, we have confidence in them. You know, we've given Rod different opportunities uh, to run the football, play on third down. He's been a very good special teams contributor for us. And uh, he's just a guy who comes to work every day with tremendous passion. He loves to play. and He's getting better and better every day. So he's going to get an opportunity to do something for us on offense as well. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, obviously they're saying all the right things. Jason's not going to going to show his hand on this one until the game, so you won't really know what they're going to do. But, Dave, I even heard you mention yesterday something similar to what Amber's saying in, in that you you think Alfred's going to be the guy to get the bulk of the carries, but you'd like to see them not make Rod Smith an afterthought because 
think there may be something there. And I personally agree with that. I think I think he's a guy that that has some – obviously, he's got size. He's got speed. I'd like to just kind of see. And maybe that's what it is. It's just more you want to see it. You know, you kind of want, you kind of know what those other two guys are. You kind of want to see if Rod Smith has a little something. Going all the way back to April, like there is a a lot of quiet confidence in this building that he's a beast. And I would like to see him get a chance to showcase that. He he had a chance, and he did it at training camp. I mean, he was great at training camp. He was great in the preseason. He was like the goal line touchdown vulture at training camp. Like it seemed like he was always the guy picking up the rushing touchdowns. Um, having said that, like I said a minute ago, I just don't think it's realistic to think a guy with 12 career carries in the NFL is going to magically just vault over these veterans with thousand yard seasons and literally thousands of carries on their resume for this coaching staff. Yeah, for a hundred percent until he does something that they can't ignore. Um, and that, I mean, it's not like they don't have confidence in them. You know what I mean? But it just Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden have been doing this and doing it well in the NFL uh, for a long time. And I don't, I, I think that they will have the first chance to really do this thing. We'll and and we'll see how it goes as the you know as these games go along. I know um, Darren obviously is a veteran and has a lot of experience, but are you guys expecting him to come into this game and play pretty well out there, even though he hasn't played at all this season so far, aside from preseason? I yeah. don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect him to be. I just my feeling about this whole thing is I just expect him to be fine. I don't expect him to light the world on fire or be terrible. I just think they'll be fine. They'll be good. Yeah. I actually, I actually kind of agree with what you saying. I don't, I don't really ex- expect, and I, you know, this is always you just don't know how they're going to do it. But I don't really expect that I'm going that we're going to see a whole lot of Darren McFadden. I think this is really going to be Alfred Morris and Rod Smith. I actually think those will be the two guys that will get the bulk of the carries. I think McFadden will get a couple, but I, I honestly think that at the end of the game, we'll look back at the at the stat sheet, and Alfred Morris is going to be the guy that basically carried the load for them. There's something to be said for, for I mean, you know, he is a veteran, but this coaching staff also isn't the type to just throw a guy into the fire after six weeks on the shelf. I mean, and that doesn't seem... right overly responsible for that matter so that's something worth keeping in mind but yeah I mean I think when it's all said and done I don't know how many times you think they're going to run the ball on Sunday let's say 26 yeah I would guess Alfred Morris will have at least 16 or 17 of those 26 carries like that's my guess I think he's going to be at least you know to start this thing off I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries it seems like they're very confident as you listen to the, the running backs in the locker room yesterday <clears throat> Alfred was talking a lot about, look, this is this doesn't change anything for us. We do what we do. We think we'll be fine. It, are you as confident as, as they are that, that they can carry the load as a group um, and not really have a significant drop-off from what they've been able to accomplish uh, with Ezekiel Elliott? Um, I'm not as confident as they are, but I shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hope you're confident. You're two-time Pro Bowler. You've been in this league since 2012. Uh, you know, you've been on playoff teams. You've been a thousand yard rusher. I would hope that you're really confident. I actually said that on, uh, I was on one Oh five through the fan last night. And if you think back, it feels like ancient history at this point, but Alfred Morris joined this team before Zeke was drafted. And there was a lot of excitement about what he might be able to do behind this offensive line. Like the, I mean, people thought that he would have a career renaissance of sorts if he was the bell cow back. Um, and obviously it didn't work out that way because of Ezekiel Elliott, but 
I would hope that he's really confident that he can do some good things. Um, I think he'll be fine, but like I said, I would hope he's more confident than I am. How confident are you, Nick? Well, I think that I think that all three of them are going to play. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to play. They're going to do what Zeke does, but but I just think it's going to come down to what the defense does. If the defense can can keep them in the game and keep them to the point where they can still run their offense, I think that this, these guys can still run the offense. I don't. I agree with you. McFadden's not going to get a ton of carries unless he makes the most of them early. They're, they're not going to try to, you know, they they don't want that to happen. They want Morris. They want Rod Smith. But if if, if McFadden gets in there and does things that these other guys aren't doing, then you know he's going to play. He does have the explosiveness. I think we're forgetting a little bit about what happened in the preseason. I I think he was. You know, I, there's no way that Morris was clearly better than McFadden. I think McFadden was. You know, had times where he was better. But he did fumble, and then that that was the key, and that's always been the key for him, and that's what I, I would worry about with him not being playing for six games. All right, let's uh, let's take our first break. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to jump into the Kansas City defense. Dave will give us a scouting report. Amber and Nick will tell us about the one thing that stands out to them about this defense, specifically how it uh, matches up with the Cowboys. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star let's talk a little bit of cowboys versus chiefs and uh, let's jump into the chiefs defense yesterday we talked about the chiefs offense pretty explosive i think we all came out of that show um (laughs) a little bit wondering how this defense how the cowboys could match up against an offense like that but let's look at the flip side of the Kansas City defense. Dave, give us a scouting report on that defense. Well, if we bummed you out yesterday, I'm here to make you feel a little bit better today. Because it's funny, 
You just like you just kind of get stuck in that mold. We were talking about that yesterday, where you're just like, ah, the Jaguars are terrible. No, they're not. Like it's just been this recurring cycle for so long that you think that. Uh, I think of or I thought of the Kansas City Chiefs as like this rugged, smash mouth defense where hit after quarterback. Yeah, like, yeah. they're not very good. <laughs> they're not very good at all. Uh, they have the they head into this game with the thirtieth overall defense in the NFL. They're giving up 392 yards per game. I actually, while I was doing research for this, I read a gamer, a game story from Monday night, uh, and the story was about how the Chiefs' defense got back on track against the Broncos, which they, they did. I mean, they got, I think they had three sacks. They turned, they got five takeaways, but the story was like, they only allowed 360 yards in this game and like that was supposed to be good i was like that's not good like that's not something you should brag about in your game story um they are 28th against the run giving up 131 yards per game they are 28th against the pass giving up 261 per game they're 19th in scoring defense giving up 23 so scoring a decent bit better than yardage which sounds a lot like the cowboys they're forcing opponents to kick field goals and uh they get takeaways um, so with that in mind, there's a couple things that stand out to me. One, I think this defense shockingly misses Eric Berry a lot. Uh, he tore his Achilles on in the fourth quarter of the first game of the season. Uh, Daniel Sorensen is the guy that's mainly responsible for replacing him or Darren. What's that? Oh yeah. Poor Darren. I thought you said, or Darren. No, poor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, he's not a bad player, but he's not Eric. Berry. But he's got to replace Eric. Yeah, yeah. and I mean Eric, Eric Berry's an All Pro. He's great against. He's a great tackler. He's great against the run. And I think you see him uh, missing when it comes to them trying to stop the run. Um, he Sorensen's down in the box a lot. They do like he's like a almost like a heavy nickel. He's their run support safety. He's just not as good at it as Eric Berry would be. The other thing, the other two things I notice, um, Justin Houston again. Kind of a hard guy to track because if this was like 2014, we'd be, I mean, it's like J.J. JJ Watt. We'd be real, real afraid. Um, then he's got two injuries, two knee injuries that really limited him in the last two years. However, he seems like he's on the come up. Like, I, I think he's, I think he might be back because he's, he's got seven and a half sacks through eight games. He had two against Denver. It's a lot. Here's the other thing. I'm actually I wish I'd let off with this to be honest because I'm I'm aggravated because I spent the last five years listening to the Brian Broadduses of the world talk about the right end bull crap like all the good pass rushers in this league are lining up on the left side these days mm-hmm. like I'm ta- got to capture the corner the right end that's the most important position BS because Demarcus Lawrence is on the left side. Ryan Kerrigan was on the left side. Von Miller's on the left side. And Justin Houston's about to be on the left side. What, too, so. Why do you think that is? I'm guessing, well, I, I mean, obviously. It's an easy answer. Obviously, yeah. you want to take advantage of the lesser tackle. Right. But then why is why has it been football 101 for the last decade that the most important position is your right end? And because they, they think because, you know, there's a blind, the blind side. Like, right. Like that matters. It doesn't. It do, not it really. Doesn't. No, and I think a lot of them, they want to go up. They see their tackle. They see that tackle, and they want to go up against them. Same. I mean, and, look, and look at the Cowboys. It makes sense, which is why, again, going back to the draft. All right, I'm getting off topic, and I'm sorry, but people are like, well, 
Taco just he's probably not a right end. He probably he doesn't have that quick twitch. And I'm like, I don't care. Can he play end at all? Can he play yes. left end? Right. Move him somewhere. Do something creative instead of just talking about right end. So that's aggravating. Um Justin Houston is gonna play left end, and it's going to be yet another tough matchup for Lyle Collins. I think he has the potential to wreck this thing for the Cowboys if he's playing the way that that he can, which he's got seven and a half on the season. He had two on Monday night, so that seems like something worth watching. When when he gets a sack, they are five and zero oh this year. When he doesn't, they're one and two. So something teams watch. have been able to kind of control him, obviously, and and then he hasn't wrecked the game like you're saying. Um, D D Ford is their other rush linebacker out of injured right now out of Auburn. He he is, but I did he practice? He practiced he yesterday. Limited yesterday. Okay. Um, or oh, actually, I take that back. I think he did not practice. He did not. I don't think he practiced. I'd have to go back and look at that. You can go ahead. He's he's a tweener type. He's he's gonna be the guy that's on Tyron Smith if he does play, which I, that's a win yeah. for Tyron Smith all day long. I think. Um, the other guy that really stands out, and in fact, it's probably dumb that I yes, haven't. he did not practice. D. Okay, Ford did not practice. That is that is something to watch. Although, really, back injury. I would. He, he's a he's a wash anyway. Like D Ford, I'd be stunned if he's getting the better of Tyron Smith in this game, based on what I watched. Um, Marcus Peters, you should probably know Marcus Peters. He's got 17 interceptions since he was drafted in 2015. Good player. Really, really good player. Although it seems like, what was that a couple weeks ago? It seems like he got beat up a little bit a couple weeks. Like teams, a team kind of took advantage of him a few weeks ago. Who was that that they played? They played Oakland. Maybe it was Oakland. They played Oakland, and, I mean, Oakland moved the ball and scored 30 points. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think it was him that got beat. I saw him get beat a couple times for a touchdown. And I. Once or twice. I wouldn't classify Marcus Peters, at least not yet. I mean, he's a damn good cornerback, but he's not Patrick Peterson. Like you're just not gonna complete any passes on him. Like I don't. You'll win some, you'll lose some, though. But he, well, not only that, but he is a ball hawk. Like the ball finds him, he gets it. It's and it's not just picks. He had he recovered a strip and returned it for a touchdown. Like he's just around the ball and he makes plays on the ball. Or you know, if the ball is tipped in his direction, he's gonna find a way to it. So. Throw at him at your own risk, basically. Which, the other thing, their right... I don't know why you would throw at him, because their right cornerback is a disaster zone. Does he travel? Uh, no. He mainly plays left. Okay. Um, Terrence Mitchell. We all remember Terrence yeah. Mitchell. Terrence, yeah. He's had some He's had some really good games for them, but he's also had some dumpster fire efforts, which, case in point, against... Trevor Simeon and a Denver passing attack that was not working on Monday. He got benched for Kenneth Acker. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a permanent switch or if it's just kind of one of those things. I don't think they have a solution that they like on the right side, and they're just kind of doing their best with what they got. So that's something I'm looking for. Um, maybe You would imagine uh, that you can take advantage of that a decent amount. Um Peters has to travel with Des, right? Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, I, I just said he stays on the left side, but like in my head, I'm like, are they really just going to let Des line up against whatever's going on over there? Because that doesn't let seem do smart for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is whether, but whether it's Des, whether it's Terrence, uh, Bryce, whatever, uh, I think you can get some big wins over there, which is something I'm looking at. Um, the big thing for them, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, so how are they doing enough to win games if their defense is this porous? Which, I mean, it, it really it hadn't been good. 
Uh, they gave up 176 rushing yards to Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers, which I made sure to watch that game because I feel like that's how the Cowboys are going to play this thing. And he was just doing his thing. I think he ran the ball 32 times for 176 yards. Nice so. to have Zeke this week, right? Yeah, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> but There's still that Hail Mary we talked about. The Chiefs have... The, and this it, it comes back to this. I think they have 13 takeaways, which is okay. It's not amazing. But again, going back to the offense, only three turnovers. So they're plus 10 in turnover differential, which, I don't know, something's got to give there, right? Between, I mean, the Cowboys are pretty good with the ball. They're not very good at taking it away, though. So I think it's going to be hard to win the turnover battle in this game when you consider the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs' odds of getting some takeaways better than I like the Cowboys, basically. That's what I'm saying. All right. It's a good scouting report. Now, Amber, Nick, I need one thing. If you could isolate one thing about this offense, I'm sorry, about this defense, what would it be? We'll start first with you, Amber. Well, I kept looking at things that could possibly make me feel better about this game <laughs> on that area. So I was looking, without getting into all the numbers, I would say their defense is the worst in letting the opponent get their first downs, also letting rushing plays for of 10 plus yards. Nick, was that your point? <laughs> I have a backup. Nick always has two. Okay. Right? I got a backup. Sorry. Sorry. But that does stand out. And it, it does. And, and it's good to notice that because that does stand out, especially when they're not playing with Zeke and you wonder how they're right. going to the ball. Right. So that's going to be very important. And also from the, uh, the Cowboys offensive line, I think they're going to really have to help our um, running backs right now making sure they open those holes for them to let them kind of get those yards because we do know that Zeke is the one guy that can go up against and get those extra one yard or two yards for those um, uh, to get that first down. And I, I'm not feeling very confident about our running backs being able to do that as explosive as Zeke has been able to do so. So that's going to be very important, and they're going to have to take advantage of this, of their defense not being able to really stop the the rushing, the the run right now. And basically, that that's it. That would be the one thing. And again, the Cowboys have been very successful at scoring. They have scored pretty much over thirty points every game, right? I mean, over the last month. Yeah. So they've been good at that, and also once they're inside the thirty yard. They the Cowboys rank second. They're still in second place in the league of getting, you know, touchdowns every time they're inside the 30. So that's good for them. All right. Um, I'm going to go flip to the side that actually some things that they do well. Kansas City's defense does well. You know, when you're looking at you said inside the 30 um, in the let's go into the 20 in the red zone. How about this? When when teams are on third down against the Chiefs inside the red zone. Chiefs are getting off the field nine. I mean, they're only converting nine percent of those. The the team that they're gonna get off the in field in the thirty. No, in the red zone. In the red, the zone, red zone on third down, the the okay. Chiefs are stopping them ninety one percent of the time. Wow. Yeah, and the the league average. Wow, is, that's the league average is thirty six percent, which is about third down conversion average, anyways. But when the Chiefs defense is down there in, inside the twenty. Teams are only getting 9% of their third down conversion, so settling for field goals. And now you settle for, settle for field goals, and you've got Nugent. And let's see, you know, last week he was good in a bad situation, so it should be nice. And you know, That's really an amazing number when you really think about it. 91% of the time in the red zone, they hold to a field goal. 
That's within the 20. They hold to a field goal. It's well, I mean, too much with- not necessarily. Not necessarily. You can't just say 91% of the time they're holding to a field goal. Well, they hold them to not a touchdown. They're right? stopping them on third down. Some That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, third and one from the one, they stop them. Doesn't mean on fourth and one, they don't get the touchdown. But they on third down, for the most part, which is setting up for a field goal. So. Right. For the most part, most they of the are. time, yeah. yeah, and that that number, that ninety one percent, even if you factor in those few times that maybe they convert a fourth down, that still is going to keep that number pretty the high. League probably is in thirty six, exactly. Like that, that three times. There's almost. some bad teams. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, and 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 they're and they're bringing that average down to thirty six. You know, because think about how many teams are, are at nine percent. Yeah. So that that's amazing. So. You don't want to get to third down, and the Cowboys do that a lot, especially without Zeke. It's going to be tough. Yeah, Field goals aren't going to cut it against these guys. They're, they're not. Yeah. So that's – And, you know, that's one of the things I was going to point out with this team. I think that you were talking about how our teams, you know, with this defense playing as they play, when you look at just the numbers, uh, how our team's still losing. It's really about the offense. This team is all predicated on pressuring the opponent – pressuring their offense to have to keep up with the scoring, right? We've seen this with other teams in the NFL in past years where you have a really, really explosive offense. The Dallas Cowboys. Right. What what it does is the defense is the benefactor of the fact that the offense puts so much pressure on the other team's offense, and you fall behind by one score and you start panicking like, we got to make that up because that offense is going to be hard to stop them. And so not to mention the, again, they don't do anything stupid to give the opponent an easy field. I mean, right. two, what, two turnovers? Two turnovers. Also, three. No, I'm sorry, three. No interceptions, three turnovers. One, well, Tyreek Hill, but Alex Smith has none. Yes. But, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, the quarterback. They've yes. turned the ball over three times in eight games. That's crazy. So. Huh. That is crazy. I, I, it's When you look at this team, I think, and, and that's where I keep going back to how did other teams that, that have beaten them beat them. I think the real key is – can you run the ball enough to where you keep their offense off the field and give them limited opportunities? Um, as you said, that's what the Steelers were able to do. They ran Le'Veon Bell a huge – I mean, that's a large number of carries for any running back. But if you can do that and you can do it effectively, yeah. now you keep their offense off the field, and that gives you the best chance to win. And that's also – and I, I don't know if this – I don't see the Steelers as this defensive juggernaut either, but that – I mean, that's about as inept as the Kansas City offense has looked all year too. I mean, they scored yeah. 13 points – a uh, lot of three and outs, a lot of not taking advantage of field position. So, well, let's go back to what you said a little earlier when you were talking about the. You said, you know, how, what would you expect? Cowboys going to run the ball twenty six times this game? Actually, I kind of think it'll be a little bit more. What do you guys think? I think in a in a game like this, and as we're kind of evaluating this team, even though you don't have your stud running back, you got running backs that you think they are confident in. Do you think that maybe this is a game where you, even if you do it by committee, you got to be rushing thirty plus? in order to really have a chance at, at success here. Yeah, but you it's kind of the flip side. You have to have success to rush the ball 30-plus. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I always think teams are going to go into to a game trying to run the ball. But if it's just second nine and then third and seven and you throw, then you're not running and you're not getting off the field. So I think they're going to try to run the ball. I think Jason Garrett will probably say yesterday and he'll say it today, we're going to do what we do. But, but, but that's the kind of my point, though, is – if they're going to be successful, will this have to be a game where they run the ball a lot? Because you're right, they're going to have to run it effectively in order to keep running it. But is their chance for success going to be 
their ability to run the ball. And if they Ter- don't run the ball, it's going to be hard to win. Terrence Williams needs to make some plays. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He needs to make plays in this game. If Beasley's out there, Witten, those guys need to make plays. But, I mean, they really need something from that wide wide receiver, not just the set number two option, but the, they need to spread the ball out, and he needs to be able to make some plays. Then They need to be able to count on him. So I, I think he, he is my key player for this game because then they can kind of run the ball – you know, I, I think you saw – there's no way Zeke's going to rip off a 71-yard run against the Rams like that. The defense was different with, with Morris in the game, and I think the defense will be different. So they need to kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I hear you, Derek. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want to flirt with 40 carries. I mean, right. ideally. <laughs> yeah. But not only does it depend on how you're running the ball, it probably depends on how your defense is doing against the Chiefs. I mean, if this is a track meet – then I just think that's not realistic to think that, you know, you're going to be, you know, if if they're down 14 to three in this game right off the bat, I'm not saying you abandon the running game, but it's just harder to play that grinded out style of football like you saw against San Francisco. You have to be in control of the game to play that way. The one thing I will say is if you go back to that would have been 2015, the year they went when DeMarco Murray, last year DeMarco Murray was here, 14, 15, 14. If you go back to that, bad with time. I am bad with time, and I I admit that. Yeah. But if you go back to that season, one of the things that was I think a trademark of this team is they would fall behind in games sometimes, and they would they would at that next drive when they fall behind, they would commit to the run. Like that would be a drive when they just run. Absolutely. I'll never run. I'll never forget them trailing twenty-one to three in St. Louis and just coming out and running the ball down their throats. But. And and I'm that you're right. Like falling into a hole is no reason to give up on the running game if it's early. But if you're talking about thirty and forty carries and just run like just yes. like again, you know, we're saying the same. The only thing that opened it up for them to run the ball as much as they did in the second half against Washington was establishing a double digit lead and Washington not being able to move the ball in the rain. I mean, if if you're not in control of the game and if I mean if Kansas City's dictating the pace that they go down the field, I just don't know how realistic that is. But I think this is a huge game, obviously, for, for Dak. I mean, this is the first time that he's really going to go out there and play a game without Zeke, and all the pressure is going to be on him. And it uh, just so happens that, you know, halfway up the, 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 the stands will be a guy that he, whose job he re- took in Tony Romo. So, and, and it'll be interesting to see how he plays this game. There's going to be some kind of videos on the screen about Romo and welcome back and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and welcome back. he's handled everything that he's done. You know, every time there's been a big moment for Dak other than the first half of the Packer game, but for the most part, he's handled everything, you know, uh, that he's done. He, and he played well in that, in the playoff game on the, in the second half, but, We'll see how he does in this game. There'll be a lot of a lot of eyes on him. All right. Yeah. I mean, we've just spent a lot of time focusing on their run defense, but they're not great against the pass either. Like there, I mean, there should, should imagine be plays here. This is, a, this is a really, really good football team that could use the number eleven overall pick. I mean, they're a lot like the Cowboys, but because they're getting nothing out of their first oh, round pick, Chiefs. Yeah. But I'm just saying, they are. I mean. God, just imagine their defense is okay. What if they had like the number eleven overall pick, a, a linebacker or a pass rusher or something, or another corner? I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. I'm I I drank the Mahomes Kool Aid big time during the preseason. Like I think I, would, I think he's gonna be a good player. I think he would be too. But if I'm Kansas City, he would I would trade him. I no Ooh, oh no I disagree. That's with big. That. Wow, that was a big statement. You think they they would? 
like that? Why well, not? it's it's I mean, too late now, but yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, it's too late, but I but mean, why why would you have done that at, at that point? Well, I mean, I would try to I try to get some kind. I mean, I try to get a first for him, a team like Cleveland or somebody that doesn't doesn't have anything, and I would try to get something like that for him because I because Alex Smith is is really good, and and, and you're he, sold on the fact that they should keep Alex Smith for their foreseeable for a little for a little while, and then you know, and you maybe you draft another pick, but I mean. I'm, somebody's kicking themselves, I think, for drafting him. I will say I this, say. though. I think the value only grows. I don't think you have to do it this year. I think you give him another training camp, and if he performs in next year's preseason like he performed in this year's preseason, yeah. what you can get for Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes after that is probably more than what you could have gotten right now. Probably. I mean, Alex Smith is playing at the peak of his abilities yeah. right now, and I, I'm not 100% convinced it's good enough. Yet. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, we have, you got to prove it. The Chiefs have been good for four or five years at this point, and I think they have like two playoff wins against not great teams. Has that been on him? Uh, we, I mean, a little bit, yeah. I mean, you're not. We have not seen a guy that's on that like Aaron Rodgers level of putting a team on his back. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, right. We have not. There are a lot of guys in the league, just to be fair, that are that. But I'm. But what I'm saying is potentially your ceiling with Mahomes could be so much higher if he's what they hope he is. I would never I get rid you. of that. I would. I mean, if he keeps progressing, I would hand him the keys. Because uh, the flip side of that is like, oh, my God, how much crazy better does this offense look with this freaky Texas Tech kid who can run run around in the pocket and has this insane arm? I mean, I don't, I'm very intrigued by that guy. He, and they don't need him right now, but I think they're going to be happy. They my, my problem with him is they didn't win. In college, he wasn't really a, a winner. I mean, he, he was a gutsy, fun player to watch, but they didn't win. In fact, I believe he started a game that they lost 66-10 to 10 at Iowa State. So I don't, I mean... I'm mean, I just saying, I mean, I, I don't put a ton of stock in Kellen Moore getting 50 wins at Boise State and how it translates to the NFL, but also at the same time, I don't like my star quarterback going 5-6 and six and missing a bowl game in a football you know, in, in college football where everybody who breathes can get a, into a bowl game. I mean, there's – and especially – Except for us. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean <laughs> – We're you know, getting – We're. I mean – He's fun to watch. I, I, I like him. He's a, you know, gunslinger-type player, but I just – Reese, I mean, I Dak, Dak and Deshaun Watson, I mean, that's the blueprint of what you want in terms yeah. of – but, I mean, like, what did Aaron Rodgers win at Cal? Like, Cal was good while he was there, but it's not like he was racking up trophies. I mean – Yeah, people said the same thing about Peyton when he was at Tennessee. Like, yeah. he – he was a good quarterback, a really good quarterback, but they ultimately didn't really win anything of consequence, did they? No, uh, they won I mean, one. They won one SEC title while he was there, I think. But then they won. never were a national championship. They won. Okay, the okay, I'm not talking about that. national champ. I'm just saying, get, get your team in a bowl game. <laughs> it still fun. is Texas Tech, though, right? Right. Like the talent around him is not going to be well. And the great. Th- and the thing is, is that all those guys at Texas Tech, all of them have. We're not not really pro quarterbacks. You didn't like Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he wasn't a pro quarterback. I know, but well, I I don't know. I think Mahomes is unique among the guys that have come out of there personally. I, okay, I I do too. I I think he'll be okay. But the way Eric, <laughs> Alex Smith is playing and what they need on defense, yeah. I would have I would have man. There's a scout in that department that's like, I knew we should have gone defense, drafted in the second round and not first. Oh, well. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some questions. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. Or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. 
like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas size deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So, next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're taking questions. The number is 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Nick, Dave, who's doing my read today? Tommy John, it's really good. I mean, just if you want the best underwear. You know underwear. something very unattractive? Oh. That you want to know something very unattractive? Yes. When you see a man adjusting their package, it's not attractive. Now, according to you guys, with Tommy John's, you do not need to make any adjustments. None whatsoever. I haven't seen you guys do so, so I believe it. I'm really like, I'm really covert when I need to do that, though. Like, you'd never notice. But I don't need to when I'm wearing Tommy John. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, she says it's very unattractive, so I'm glad you don't make that something that people just know. Right. Women do not uh, like to see a guy adjusting, so... If you don't want to, if you want to be looking good to the, the women record, out there, like, do nope. not adjust and get some Tommy John. What Where man? do you get that? There we go. TommyJohns.com forward slash Cowboys and get your 20% off. What man there we go. ever thought that adjusting was attractive? Like, I, you know, I didn't need that. Advice, oh, I see that. I mean, you. men do it like they're being slick and like no one's seeing it. Yeah, you... <laughs> You know, women do see it. We all got to do what we all got to do to get by in this crazy world. And sometimes you got to adjust. Like, no, you don't. I'm, I'm not sorry if you have Tommy John. Well, not if you have Tommy John. You're right. Ah, good point. You don't have to do it if you have Tommy John. When I do my Hanes read, I'll be like, sometimes you got to adjust when you wear Hanes. Sorry. It's a part of it. <laughs> it's what you pay for. Yeah. That's why it costs $8 at Target. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Thank you, Amber. Now, that was a good read. Not only, so, not only one, but two non-brands for the Cowboys. Awesome. Sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> okay. I'm the, I'm the office but bad that, boy. But you know? that's what happens. You see those commercials where they, they talk about other brands? They compare. You know? Poorly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we're basically saying... Thanks, Dave. There Thanks, Dave. 
No Hanes. No Fruit of the Loom. Sorry, everybody. sorry, Michael Jordan. <laughs> hey, we mentioned uh, we mentioned um, off air. We were talking about Derek Johnson's a linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Has been in the NFL probably, I don't know, maybe as long as you've been alive, Dave. That's not true. He was I'm drafted in 2005. He was drafted he's in 05. In, he's been around a long time. And yes. Nick, you actually were telling an interesting story there. Well, I remember you busted in my yeah. office on draft day, not very happy that they selected some dude uh, instead of Derek. Well, Johnson. I mean, what, what has Troy State ever really done? <laughs> I mean, are they going to produce any player that's good? So, right. no, we don't, we don't need this guy at 11th overall, DeMarcus Ware. <laughs> Derek Johnson's a guy that I liked because – Back then, I, I was trying to get prepared for, the, for who we might draft, and I had to go and search the internet and steal photos off the internet, probably. You could do it back then. Yeah, I could. And so I, I found three or four with him with the football. I was like, Derek Johnson, there he is in the orange jersey with the ball. There he is scoring a touchdown in the white jersey. I'm like, God, this guy's got the ball. That's who we need. All the time. All the time. So I was like, what else, what else do we need? I mean, who, who do we have in the middle there? Scott Vegeta? I mean, who? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if that was his Scott Shanley? Yeah, maybe. You just named two Saints linebackers from that era. That came from the Cowboys. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah. certainly came. Started with the Cowboys. I don't even remember. Well, I don't know if Vegeta started with the Cowboys. Vegeta Vegeta was awesome for the Saints, so I won't hear it. Shanley was okay. Shanley Shanley came through the Cowboys first and then ended up there. Yeah. Scott? No, Vegeta. I just like that name. It reminds me of Goku. What did you just say? Uh, Yeah, Uh, Dragon Ball Z for the win, but it's spelled differently. But the sound. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. For sure. (laughs) I'm sorry, Brady James. I know you were on the team. Sometimes I lose my mind and was forgot it he was there. In 2005? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he was there. When did he get drafted? 2004. Four? Fourth round pick, 2004. Four daddy. Derek Johnson was always just like, he's like that quintessential badass linebacker that you wanted on your team. Like and he's yeah. he it's and been still thir- doing it's it. been like thirteen years and he's still doing it. He's yeah. he's obviously dropped off a little from what he was, but still a productive player. I would imagine like I don't know for sure, but I would guess he's probably a Chiefs Ring of Honor guy when he finally retires. When you probably play that not a Hall of Famer like Demarcus Ware, but what was that look for? I was just thinking we went to the Chiefs and I mean everybody is in the Chiefs. Was it Ring of was Honor? Was that one of those stadiums where really? they had like three rings? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I like. Like, I don't remember sometimes Everyone. like we I remember we make fun of like the Rams because like they're well when they were in St. Louis they had dudes from LA and never and like the era the Cardinals have guys from the other Cardinals teams that never even played in Phoenix but as I would assume does Tennessee right? yeah yeah but like the Chiefs actually have like real deal history so I mean I would imagine that their ring of honor is pretty prestigious Elvis yeah, Gerbach a lot of guys I think I think really? it was a lot of guys that was the issue was that yeah. they had a ton of guys it was like Man, that's a lot of guys to say they all deserve to be in yeah, the Ring of Honor. And this, was and this is not this is not a franchise that has won a ton of championships, right? No. But you got a ton of guys in your Ring of Honor. That seemed to. I just want to say Snoop Menace. You remember him? Snoop Menace. I do remember Snoop Menace. He's in the Ring of Honor for them. Is he? No. Oh, I was about to say, wow. Anthony Fasano might be. Derek Derek Thomas probably is. Yeah, I would guess so, <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. What about Christian Okoye? I would bet, actually yeah. love watching Christian Okoye. You realize, and we have Throwback Thursday um, that's probably up right now, last time the Chiefs played here. The last time the Chiefs played here, ground wasn't even moved over there at the stadium. There was no AT&T Stadium. Was that long ago? That. Tony Romo had never thrown a pass in the NFL. Wait, when, when was the last time? What year was that? 05. The Chiefs are the only team that have never played here at AT&T Stadium. They started breaking ground about 06. We opened it in 09. 
I guess I'm trying to figure out why wouldn't they have played in 09. There's it, a weird quirk. There was a, it, yeah, it, something happened in 09. That will occasionally No, happen. no, no. Something happened in 13 or 12. When, when was the game? That we, it would have been 13. Yes, yeah, so, right? Yeah, we, we, they should have played uh, here in 2013. 2013. Oh, okay. um, but but they, they didn't. I don't know why. Something switched with Oakland. There's Sometimes you'll see like weird quirks. So the, the algorithm for the scheduling is you play each AFC division every, every four, four years. years. Yeah. And it alternates. So, like, you know, we play the Chiefs here. So every eight years you should be at right. a new – But every now state. and then you'll see a weird quirk where you go back-to-back, back and I don't know why. I think I remember it being something something with Oakland Stadium, something with their baseball stadium. I don't remember exactly it. what happened, but okay. the Cowboys ended up having to play uh, at home oh. against Oakland. That is a long time. Stadium. And that's why – that's the point of what you were saying earlier about when Kansas City Chiefs fans that live – near this area they haven't been able to see their team here in a long time so right. you know when this came out on the schedule i'm sure they were and, all in and it's line. not it's not just that too it's people that live in kansas city that want to go to a game and, sure. and this is an easy flight it's a rather cheap flight and you know it's coming and kansas city and dallas have like this weird relationship like i, I that's something i've learned since i moved here they're almost like well, you know the history of that, right? Well, no. If you don't, you're going to get to go to Five Points Blue, and they have a nice little story about. Oh, do they? It. There's a trophy. There is a trophy. Yeah, I know the history of like the franchises and the Hunt family and the Jones right. family, but I just mean in general, like these two cities as a whole are like weirdly linked. Maybe it's like the railroads from back in the day or whatever, but yeah. like it seems like people from Kansas City move here for work or vice versa, or you know, it's just not a hard distance to travel. So that's kind of how I think Denver is too. Like I know a lot of people that their families have moved between Dallas and Denver. There's like this, I don't know, this weird kind of just relationship where yeah. if you're from here, there's a chance that maybe at some point you'll end up in what about Dallas and Houston. Not so much. Although real quick, can I at least give a little shout out? I'm not a baseball fan, so I'm not going to pretend to be one. Uh, but just for my hometown, it was nice to see them get a win last night in the uh, World Series. That's, I know the city's going to be very, very happy for the rest of the week and probably the rest of the Best World Series ever. Was right, it? No, well, right up until that dud of a Game 7. I mean, oh, yeah. I was rooting for the Dodgers, but like, I'm not like heartbroken about it but like i just it was a boring game yeah like, i just wish it had been for as many fireworks as were in a lot of the other games it was just you were i, I know i was expecting last night it was going to be just like this crazy yeah the dodgers back and forth stranded kind of 10 base runners it was just not eh. i mean it was a good defensive game on houston's party but just yeah. wasn't as wild or crazy as all the other ones why are you shaking I, your head Nick? i was rooting for dallascowboys.com always and forever rooting for the alumni yeah. of the website and if i had we had a chance to maybe get a world series ring. i know yeah mr rolling Kavner or Rosie. now working for the uh, the, the uh, Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. Was he going to get a ring? I don't know, but it depends on how that works. Uh, but it would have been nice. Oh well. Plus, you know, Rangers. I'm a Rangers fan. If you're a Rangers fan, yeah. you cannot root for Houston. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I still don't really like how that all that went down with the Houston and the Rangers and the Rangers getting a bad deal out of that. Which one? What we'll are you talking about? The, the yeah, about the, the um, what they should have done for the hurricane and the Rangers got a real bad rap for I thought for no reason, but whatever. Happy for them. It's good. It's good. Happy, happy, happy for, for the Sports city. Illustrated. Happy for the city. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I right? believe it. Sports Illustrated three years ago has a. I mean, it must have been a slow news week. They just said <laughs> right. the 2017 World Series champions, Houston Astros. And didn't they predict the MVP as well? I don't. Some, know. I thought I saw or somebody Springer. tweet that. I don't know about that. Maybe. Okay. Wow. He was on the cover. I don't know if they predicted him to oh, be the MVP, okay. but he was. But on the still, cover. Him, putting him on the cover like oh. that's 
It's a pretty big. It's a pretty big. Call well done. years ago, right? Well do it done. again. Do it again if there's still a magazine <laughs> right. in 2020. Keep it going, it right? Again. Keep it going. Yeah. All right, let's get. Uh, let's try to get a couple questions if we can. Amber, give me something from Twitter. Can the act? Uh, can the Cowboys actually hand the ball to Switzer on the jet sweep this week? Ryan Switzer is. Maybe. He's interesting because we don't know for sure if Cole Beasley's even going to play. So. He might he might have a bigger role this week out of necessity. Uh, I mean that's something to watch as the week goes on. We'll see if Bees gets into practice. Um, I would like to see them continue to improve his role in the offense. I I don't know if they actually will, but something to watch, especially if Beasley can't play. I'm telling you, the best guy to run that is McFadden. He is the best guy to run that play. I don't know about up the middle, or whatever. But what about my guy Bryce. I don't think so. He's the long strider. Takes gotta, him too long gotta, to get up to speed. Pick him up and put him down quicker than that. Yeah. I'd like Dez doing it because I think Dez can truck some people over there. You know, if he gets in that mode where he's mad. Of course, if he was going to do it yesterday, he might have been able to He might have been able to have a big gain if he was running the ball yesterday. Seemed a little upset in the locker room. That was Tuesday, but. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> Probably I, was upset yeah, yesterday, yeah, too. Yeah, I good. actually think I. I actually am hoping at least that they will do a lot of different things in the running game. Not just that that jet sweep, but I'm hoping they do a little bit more of the zone read, use the quarterback running the ball. I think they gotta be they gotta be really diverse in what they do because I don't think you have the kind of running back. Like I said yesterday, when you have Ezekiel back there, anything else that you do, you would think it's not gonna necessarily be better than running Zeke. So it it kind of makes you say, Well, just give the ball to Zeke. But in this instance, I think if you, the more diverse your running game is, the more you can create these misdirection type opportunities and do things that that kind of catch the defense. Um, I think that gives even your running backs a little more opportunity to do to, to do a little more when they have opportunities. So I'd like to see more than even just the jet sweep. I'd like to see them a lot, see them do a lot of different things. Maybe jet sweep with a couple different guys, uh, just to, again give you some diversity in your running game. In order for the Cowboys to win this game, what would you say is more important? Third down conversions on offense or third down stops on defense? Wow. Hmm. It's kind of, I mean, they're both important. Third down conversions. Because I just keep, keep, just keep the Chiefs off the field. Don't even put it in your defense's hands to have to make stops. Just hold the ball. Uh, I say third down stops because you can score on first and second down. If you're stopping them on third down, though, you're probably getting off the field. That doesn't necessarily mean on the on the flip side that you can go score. So. But I guess that's why I, I hear your argument. That argument makes me say third down conversions because I feel like you're probably not going to stop this offense a whole lot anyway. Um, but if you're able to keep converting third downs yourself, that keeps you on the field. That gives you an opportunity to keep the ball and to keep their offense off the field, limit their opportunities. Man. And if they get, if they end up with seven opportunities in the game, eight opportunities in the game as opposed to 10 or 11, that's probably a good thing for the Cowboys, right? It's that whole, you know, it's why, it's why one of my least favorite phrases in football is that playing to win, playing not to lose. It's the same thing, really. I mean, it is the same thing. We can do it. We've done that before. Like, we can do an hour on that if we wanted to. I hate that. I disagree <laughs> with you as vehemently as possible. But, I mean. Tune in tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. It really is. You, it, it, the result is the same. You win or, or you, you lose. lose. So, if you're playing not to lose, then you're playing to win. All right. 
We appreciate you guys joining us. That's we are back true. tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up. It's you guys you lose. For the game, Cowboys versus true, Chiefs this it. Sunday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. Radio.